In the name of God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. What are the kids and teens up through the 10th grade? Please come forward. Again, we just did this last Sunday, didn't we? Hey, how many of you belong to the Clean Plate uh, Club? No. Anybody belong to the no. clean, clean Plate Club? No. That's when you what? eat all the food on your plate and, be, and, and so it's clean afterwards when you when you're through eating. Or do you leave food? No, no, don't lick it. I'm just talking about eating all the food on it. Yeah, you you belong to the clean yeah, plate. Yeah, but after it, you need to make it. You need to make it clean by licking off. Well, the but that's what the dishwasher is for. No. The <laughs> so, do you belong to the clean plate club? Do you eat all your food on your plate? Not always. <laughs> not always. You you do or you not always, but sometimes. You know what? <laughs> Sit right here, bud. Sit right here. Right here. No. Yes. So. You know, what happens if you drop some on the floor? No. My dog. Your dog? <laughs> that dog is just waiting sometimes for something to fall on the floor, isn't it? You know, so, uh, a long while back, moms would sweep everything off the table that was had fallen on the table onto the floor, and the dog would come and l eat it and lick it up. Now, these days, moms wipe off. They don't sweep it all on the floor, do they? They wipe off the table and try to get all the crumbs. <laughs> Sit right here. Sit right here. There we go. So look at this. Who's this? Spidey. Spidey. So I want to tell you something. There was a woman who came to Jesus. And Jesus had gone to a, a place away from his home called Tyre and Sidon. And, and, it was, and he went to a place... And, and there was a woman following him from another country. She was not Jewish. Jesus was Jewish, remember. And she was not Jewish. And she said, she said, Lord, my daughter is really sick, and I need you to help him. I may help her. And, 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 and Jesus said, it sounds like it was mean, but I think it was testing her. Jesus said to her, uh, we don't give the crumbs to the dogs meaning she was not Jewish. She was from another country. That's, that's kind of what he was saying. But she came back with an answer. But even the dogs lick up the crumbs from under the table. And Jesus saw it right then in her that her faith was really strong in him. And so he healed her daughter. And sometimes I think that we just have to keep going to Jesus even if, we, if, even, if we, even if we don't think we have an answer from Jesus, if we're praying, right? And if we're praying for, for God to, to provide something or show us something and we don't get it, we keep going to Jesus. And, and, and Jesus might test our faith by saying, not yet, not yet, not yet. And then one day there it is. But Jesus is like that, isn't he? Jesus is not doing it to be unkind. Jesus is not doing it to hurt us 
He's always doing it to help us grow in faith, just like he did with that woman from a, a foreign country. He was testing her. And I think he tests us that way sometimes. Sometimes, sometimes we go to Jesus and, and we ask for a blessing of some sort and we just don't see it. And, and then Jesus somehow provides either something in its place or what we asked for later on. And so we had to wait for it. And our faith began to grow that way, didn't it? Didn't it? You come over here. You come over here. Actually, I'm through, but you can see here for just a second because I'm through. What did I teach today? Do you know about Jesus and about faith? Yes. Yeah. Do you have faith in Jesus? Yes, you do, don't you? You have faith in Spidey. Yes. No, but more faith. You have more faith in Spidey or in Jesus? No, no, Jesus. <laughs> Always Jesus. <laughs> okay? Always Jesus, okay? All right. All right. If you want to get a packet from Mr. McCauley over there, you can get a packet in color. And we'll listen to Deacon Kathy preach today. Good morning. Last time I preached, I told you some sayings that mom, moms had, so I looked diligently for some that dads had uh, that would say, and I couldn't find any that were either interesting or appropriate to say in church, so we skipped that. So today I have just some little tidbits about parenting for you. 90% of parenting is thinking about when you can lie down again. People who say they sleep like a baby usually don't have one. I don't know what's more exhausting about parenting, the getting up early or acting like you know what you're doing. Ever had a job where you had no experience, no training, you weren't allowed to quit and people's lives were at stake? That's parenting. My kids will walk right past their father sitting on the couch watching TV and come bang on the shower door for me to open a fruit, pack, a fruit snack pouch. <laughs> silence is golden. Unless you have kids, then silence is just suspicious. Here's one I didn't know. <clears throat> Diaper, spelled backwards, is repaid. Think about that. So I stepped away for like two seconds the beginning of a parenting horror story. Parenting was much easier when I was raising my non-existent kid hypothetically. You know your life has changed when going to the grocery store by yourself is a vacation. My mom had 11 children. She went to the grocery store every day. Now with 11 children, you have to buy a lot of milk and bread, so she had a good reason, but she did go just about every day. All of us have moments in our lives that test our courage. Taking children into a house with white carpet is one of them. Nurse, 
handing me a newborn. You got this? Me. Sometimes I have to dig through the trash to reread the instructions for mac and cheese, and now they're giving me a baby. <clears throat> Having one child makes you a parent. Having two kids makes you a referee. Becoming a mom to me means that you have accepted that for at least the next 16 years of your life, you will have a sticky purse. The quickest way for a parent to get a child's attention is to sit down and look comfortable. Often parents think about the younger generation as if they didn't have anything to do with it. When I was a girl of 14, my father was so ignorant I could hardly stand and have the old man around. But when I got to be 21, I was astonished at how much the old man had learned in seven years. Today we're going to talk about Joseph, our first reading. It's the story of healed relationships between a man and his ten older brothers. But before we get into the verses for today, let me give you the backstory on this man named Joseph. Joseph was the 11th of 12 sons born to Jacob, who was the twin brother of Esau and son of Isaac. Now Jacob had two wives, Leah and Rachel, who were sisters, and two concubines, Bilhah and Zilpah, who were servants to his wives. Each of these women bore sons for Jacob, but Rachel was the love of his life. The only woman he ever wanted to marry after many years of being barren, Rachel gave birth to a son and named him Joseph. She also gave birth to Jacob's last son, Benjamin. Jacob favored Joseph over his first ten sons because he had been born to him in his old age and he made him a richly orna ornamented robe, according to Genesis 37.3. I'm sure that the fact that he was Rachel's son was also part of the equation. The other sons were from his other wife, Leah, and the two concubines. This almost sounds almost like a soap opera, the many wives of Jacob, or perhaps the mothers of all my children. Now, when Joseph was only 17, he was like most any teenager, an almost man with a teenage brain. Many of us can think back to the time in our lives when we were 17. That's a time when most, most of us were beginning to make adult decisions. We were thinking about graduating high school and what our lives were going to become. I was a senior in high school for much of my 17th year. I did not turn 18 until May of that year. I was making plans to go to college to become a medical technologist. I was consumed with writing term papers and graduation preparation and, of course, senior prom the most important event of most high school senior girls. I already had a date with a guy that I was dating who was in the Corps at A&M. Also, I started dating my now husband, Jim, in March of our senior year, only, <clears throat> excuse me, only three months before we graduated. That also changed my plans on who was taking me to the prom. It was Jim. But Joseph was not thinking about graduating high school going to college, or dating. Most of his time was spent tending his father's sheep with his brothers in the land of Canaan. Now one day Jacob sent Joseph to find his brothers, who had taken the flocks to graze at a place near Shechem. Joseph had already angered his brothers by telling them of dreams he had had where they would bow down to him. 
So it was no surprise that when they saw him coming, they devised a plan to murder him and make it look like wild animals had attacked and killed him. But Reuben, the oldest, thought it better to sell him to some traveling Ishmaelites that they saw coming their way. They would then take his coat stained with animal blood to their father and tell him Joseph was dead. This plan worked out well for the brothers. They were rid of Joseph. Can you imagine having such jealousy and hate for your own brother that you would rather do physical harm to him to rid him from your life? I can somewhat relate to the story of Joseph. He was one of 11 brothers at this time of his life and his father's favorite. As many of you know, I also am one of 11 children, although I was the second born, not the 11th. Many of my siblings thought that I was my father's favorite. My relationship with some of my brothers was not the best, although I am sure they never thought of harming me. Thankfully, through much prayer and just getting older, all of us that are left are now closer as adults. Joseph was taken back to Egypt by the Ishmaelites and was sold to Potiphar, one of the current Pharaoh's officials and the captain of the guard. Potiphar soon saw the potential in Joseph. In Genesis 39, 1-3, the Bible tells us that Potiphar saw that the Lord was with him and the Lord gave him success in everything that he did. A little further in Genesis chapter 39, we read that Potiphar put Joseph in charge of his own household and all that he owned. Because of Joseph, the blessing of the Lord was on everything that Potiphar had, both in the house and in the field. Joseph did such a great job that Potiphar soon did not concern himself with anything except the food that he ate. Joseph was living a dream life that soon turned into a nightmare when Potiphar's wife turned her attentions to Joseph, who, to his credit, refused to have anything to do with her. But she lied about Joseph, and he was thrown into prison and remained there for 10 years. The Bible is not specific as to the exact number of years, but it was somewhere around 10. But the Lord was still with Joseph, and he found favor with the prison warden, and Joseph was put in charge of all those in the prison. During his time in prison, Joseph interpreted dreams for two fellow prisoners, a baker and a cupbearer for the Pharaoh. This led Jesus interpreting a dream for the Pharaoh himself, which led to Joseph being put in charge of the whole land of Egypt. That was quite a promotion. Joseph had gone from a 17-year-old shepherd to being the second in command of all Egypt at the age of 30. The dream that Joseph, inter Joseph interpreted for the Pharaoh while still in prison was that there would be seven years of abundance before a seven-year famine. So now that he was in charge, Joseph made sure that enough food was stored up during those seven good years to last through the seven years of famine to come. So now we see how God's plan to reconcile Joseph to his brothers comes to fruition. When the famine that Joseph dreamed of became a reality, he was ready. He had enough grain stored up to help all who needed it. But little did Joseph know that the famine would be the catalyst to set in motion his being re reunited with his brothers and his father. Jacob sent 10 of Joseph's brothers down to Egypt to buy grain that he had heard was there. Joseph was the one in charge of the grain, and when his brothers arrived, he recognized them, but they did not recognize him. 
He spoke to them harshly and accused them of being spies, which of course they denied. At first he put them in prison, but then allowed all but one of them to go home so that they could return with the youngest brother, Benjamin, whose mother was Rachel, the mother of Joseph. The brothers left their brother Simeon and traveled back to their home and told Jacob the story of their experiences in Egypt. Jacob was not happy that they were instructed to return with Benjamin, but he finally conceded and they returned to Egypt with Benjamin. This is where we see in today's verses Joseph's deep feeling for his brothers, starting in chapter 45, verse 1. We read that Joseph could no longer control himself before all the attendants, and he made everyone leave so he could make himself known to his brothers. He not only forgave them, but did everything in his power to restore his relationship with the family. He was so overcome with emotion that he wept so loudly that the Egyptians heard him, and Pharaoh's household heard about it as told in verse 2 of chapter 45. Joseph said and did everything in his power to assure his brothers that he held no ill will, Ill will toward them. He assured them in verse 5 that it was, it was to save lives that God sent me ahead of you. Joseph acknowledged God's hand in all that had happened to him. Think of bad things that may have happened in your lives that resulted in good things. It may have been so many years later that you did not really think about the what if of the, such, of the situation. My husband Jim and I often talk about the what ifs of our lives and we see God's hand in everything. We are grateful for even the things that may seem tragic at the time. What if the boy that I liked that sat between Jim and me in our physics class during our senior year had not suddenly moved away? We may never have dated and gotten married two years later. What if Jim had not lost a job that had led him to starting his own company that sustained us for years? What if we had decided to listen to our parents who told us that we were too old at age 50 to adopt three children? Because our three children had already grown up and left home. In the beginning of our marriage, we really did not see that God was leading us the way we should go. But when we look back on our lives, we see his hand in everything. We have learned not to stress over any situation because we know that through prayer and listening to God, we will be okay. We encourage each other daily. That doesn't mean everything is or will be perfect, but it does mean that we do not have to stress even when we do not know why things are as they are. But it does mean that God knows, and that is what matters. So the takeaway of the story of Joseph and his brothers is that God is in charge, and no matter what happens, God has a plan, even if we don't understand. Sometimes we may have to suffer along the way. Sometimes we may need to make sacrifices. We just need to pray every day and praise God that he is taking care of everything, no matter what is happening to us and those we love. Our only job is to pray, read our Bibles, and go to church and trust in God, His Son Jesus, and the Holy Spirit. So we will begin to see God's will in our lives and give thanks for it. We must have faith like the Canaanite woman in the gospel today that came to Jesus shouting, Have mercy on me, Lord, son of David. My daughter is tormented by a demon. But Jesus did not answer her at once. His disciples kept telling him to send her away because she would not stop shouting. Jesus answered, I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. 
But she persisted and knelt before him, saying, Lord, help me. He answered, It is not fair to take the children's food and throw it to the dogs. But she replied, Yes, Lord, even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. And how did Jesus reply to her? Woman, great is your faith. Let it be done for you as you wish. And her daughter was healed instantly. Joseph too had faith, and he saw that all that he had suffered was God's will, and he was able to point that out to his brothers. So think of your own life. Maybe you see things as Joseph did, or maybe you are going through, to, through a trial and cannot imagine any good coming out of it. Think of Joseph and his brothers and put your faith in God. Have faith like the woman in the gospel. God always comes through no matter how long it takes. Let me say that again. God always comes through no matter how long it takes. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.